This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, January 14, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. The French have executed a far-reaching smoking ban. But are the French serious about it? The managing editor of Cato's Regulation magazine, Tom Fiery, considers the evidence. Essentially, what has France done? Much like uh, many cities and even states here in the United States, France has passed a ban on smoking in public bars and restaurants. There are some exceptions to this. Uh, one is you are allowed to smoke outside on a covered patio. There's a tremendous amount of regulations uh, saying exactly what is acceptable, even in that situation. Another is is you can have smoking inside if it's a basically a, a a special room with its own ventilation, but again, there's a there's a pile of regulations that one has to obey to take advantage of that exception. Basically, they're like I said, they're they're doing what we're doing here in the United States. They're basically banning any sort of indoor smoking, even in bars and restaurants. When you think of France, you think of French people smoking baguettes in cafes, berets. in bars, <laughs> right. and that seems to be like an ingrained part of French culture. It is part of the lifestyle, and that's kind of the irony of this. Of course, when you also think of France, what you think of is a fairly socialized uh, economy, including a, a socialized health care. So maybe, you know, as I think about this, there is a little bit of an argument for the French uh, decision to do this, which is, unlike here in the United States, if I choose to smoke in France and I develop a, a, some sort of a, a, a smoking-related illness, I truly am imposing a cost on the rest of society. And, and that really raises uh, an important question for us here in the United States as we talk more and more about uh, universal health care and socialized medicine and more public funding of medicine, which is the more we hand over certain benefits uh, to the state, the more we uh, put more of our own personal benefits into the hands of the state and make it their responsibility— they do have more and more right then to tell us how we live our individual lives. Uh, there is a certain uh, logic to that, and that should make us nervous. But in, in, you know, the French have clearly, you know, for decades, clearly said that's the way they want to go. So, again, there is a certain logic to it. Uh, it's no longer the logic of uh, liberty, fraternity, egality, unfortunately. But you know, whatever France is now, it, it does seem to, to follow along. Now, France, for a long time had a government monopoly on the production of cigarettes. That's correct, and I didn't know that. I, I recently discovered that uh, uh, all cigarettes manufactured in France were manufactured by a government agency. Uh, I, I can't remember the acronym. I think it was CETA, S-E-I-T-A. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, and that's the case up until 1999. And this is a famous, uh, I think it's pronounced Chalois, cigarettes, G-A-U-L-O-I-S, I believe. Um, were all produced by this government agency. Uh, so all the money from those sales went to the government agency. And the few cigarettes that were imported into the country and sold were sold under the auspices of this firm. Uh, in 1999, it merged with Spain's government-controlled um, cigarette manufacturer. And then that's since been taken private. In fact, it's uh, right now it's about, it looks like it's about to be sold to uh, the Imperial Group, which is a large... Uh, international tobacco company. But up until 1999, yeah, France's uh, cigarettes were made by the government, sold by the government, and profited the government. How stringently do you think the French government will actually enforce this ban? Well, that's that's the interesting question. Uh, what we found is that some places will, will pass these bans, but then 
not really enforce them. Uh, what comes to mind is New York City, where everyone lauded, "Oh, New York City has has banned smoking," and you know the, the mayor got on you know all these kudos and stuff. But you know my experiences in New York City is uh, if there is a ban, it's it's not very much enforced, and from what I hear, uh, you know the fines aren't that large, uh, and and possibly on purpose to to allow some degree of freedom. In my experience, I, I recently took a, a trip to Italy, and I know. You know, again, okay, maybe there is a smoking ban in indoor places in Italy, but it's it doesn't seem to be enforced very much, um, and maybe that's not a bad thing. I mean, right now we're in the midst of this uh, rather puritanical push to get rid of tobacco, and I guess you know, next we'll ban dancing or some other thing that people enjoy. Um, you know, there does seem to be this uh, public push for cigarette bans, and maybe the best way the politicians can respond to this is, okay, we'll pass your ban. We just won't enforce them all that hard. And, you know, granted, I would, I would love to have a lot more honesty from politicians who say, no, this is an infringement on liberty and infringement on the marketplace. And we, you know, we clearly have a case without these bans of the market uh, frag, uh, fragmenting into places that try to serve non-smokers and places that try to serve smokers. But if, if, um, if the politicians feel they can't adequately get away with that, maybe a paper tiger of a ban is, is a second best option. Tom Fiery is managing editor of Regulation Magazine. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You can subscribe to or read the latest edition of Regulation at our website, cato.org.